Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Tuesday. All across Broncos country, from the South Stands to the end zone, you are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Denver Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Broncos. Also follow the YouTube channel for Denver Broncos film content at Cody Rourke NFL. Today's episode of the show, folks, is brought to you by our good friends over there at Pepsi. And this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, the Broncos will, will travel to the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday and Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And ladies and gentlemen, today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, what we have on tap for you here today, we're going to hear from Denver Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, who met with the media yesterday to talk about the Broncos victory 24 hours after the fact. It's always great to be able to have time to process it, go back and watch the film. We're going to hear Vic's thoughts on a variety of topics related to the Broncos' run defense, why it struggled, and whether or not the team should go with an up-tempo look on offense with quarterback Drew Locke. Plus, we get into Broncos questions with fans of the show, listeners of the show on Text Message Tuesday. We're switching it up We're between Twitter Tuesday and Text Message Tuesday. You can send me a text message now at 303 303- 529-6323 with your Broncos thoughts and questions. You get to personally interact with me. Love talking with Broncos country all across the board and they're going to be a big part of today's Text Message Tuesday on Lockdown Broncos. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the tape. Let's roll it right here for today's episode Lockdown Broncos and your favorite podcast provider. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio met with the media yesterday at the UC Health Training Center. Broncos just a day away before returning to the practice field. A couple of injuries sustained uh, in the Broncos victory over over the Los Angeles Chargers, a uh, backup offensive lineman, Patrick Morris, sustained a little bit of an arm injury on the final PAT attempt by Brandon McManus that won the Broncos the game there. Broncos looking into that. Uh, Nick Vanette had a little bit of a foot injury, but should be good to go against the Atlanta Falcons this upcoming Sunday. And then A.J. Boye will be going through the concussion protocol after taking a big shot from safety Kareem Jackson. Some friendly fire there, uh, obviously, on Sunday in the Broncos 31-30 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. And Kareem Jackson really one of those hits kind of set the tone unfortunately it took out one of his teammates but there is hope that maybe Boye could play this week for the Broncos obviously going to go through concussion protocol could be similar to Philip Lindsay's journey that we saw last week uh, but obviously if he is not able to go Bryce Callahan will play the outside corner at the left cornerback position Michael Ojemudi will play right cornerback and if they go nickel saying Bassey will rotate back into the nickel here for this Broncos football team so you know obviously they're going to be tested a little bit in terms of their depth there But we're going to hear a little bit more from Vic Fangio on the Broncos' defense and the struggles they had against the run coming up here in just a moment. But first, let's head off to Vic Fangio where he talked about Josie Jewell. He was asked about Josie Jewell's play this season. I tell you what, going back and watching the All-22 film, which is now out, folks, and look, I I promise you, 
Please don't watch the game broadcast when you rewatch the game. Watch it on the All-22 NFL Game Pass. You can go to NFL.com slash Game Pass for a free seven-day trial. If you like it, invest into it. Highly, highly recommend it. It's going to make you a smarter football fan. Then you can also follow along as we do our film breakdowns as well here. So with that said, Josie Jewell is one of the players that stood out to Vic Fangio all season long. He's the captain on the defense. He's got the uh, the headset, the communication from Vic directly, and he's the one that quarterbacks the defense according to Vic Fangio. Here's Vic's thought on Josie Jewell's play so far this season for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, Josie's been playing very well all season. Been very, very pleased by his play. He really quarterbacks the defense out there for us when he's out there. Um, He's got the coach to player communication, and he's the guy that leads it for us. And he's playing his position very, very well. Um, I think he's gotten comfortable in the system, and he's an instinctive player anyway. But um, once he gotten to the point now where because he's gotten a lot of playing time that um, it's really shown but been very very pleased with his play. Jewel has been an intricate part of the Broncos' productivity on the defensive side of the ball. He had a great play, especially coming underneath in man coverage on a bubble pass route concept that Justin Herbert had thrown to the running back, and he knocked it away, and Demarcus Walker picked it up because they played it like it was a live football, so he's been very good. But one area of the Broncos' defense has struggled in Sunday's victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. They allowed over 200 yards rushing on the ground. What was the reason that the Broncos' run defense struggled? Vic Fangio went back to the tape and reflected on it. Yeah, it was, it was disappointing there in that um, most of them were just, all of them really were fundamental errors on our part in calls that we play a lot, that we played a lot prior, you know, to the first half when we were playing the run good. And when we played the run better late in the game, but we had a stretch in there where fundamentally we were off. Obviously, when you do that, you're going to have problems, and we did have our problems. One thing I noticed on the All-22 film for the Broncos, especially late in that third quarter where the Broncos were getting gashed by the running back, just a, really a miss kind of pursuit of some angles. Sometimes what the Los Angeles Chargers did, they did a delayed draw. They'd get the Broncos in some double three techniques, which we've talked about here on the show, when they really want to pass rush, collapse the pocket around the quarterback. They're getting a little bit wide, and they're hitting the draw, the delayed draw underneath. And, and sometimes the Broncos linebackers, they were getting uh, double teamed. They were getting guys coming off, and they were scraping underneath. And so when they were trying to be able to take their pursuit angle they weren't able to get there and then the Broncos had a couple of errors in terms of edge contained by the outside linebackers these are things that are very correctable but the Broncos gonna have to get that fixed especially on a short week coming up when the Broncos gonna be playing Todd Gurley and they have a one-two punch at the running back position so a tough matchup for the Broncos defense this week against that Falcons offense but in terms of the Broncos offense though folks we've noted here on the show that the Broncos and quarterback Drew Locke seem to appear much more comfortable when he's able to go quick tempo on the offensive side of the ball do the Broncos have any plans of doing that with lock going forward it's always something we consider um definitely would consider that I think the Broncos really need to take a look at going up tempo some of the teams this year that went up tempo against them had a lot of success and with all the weapons that the Broncos have they get Tim Patrick back more likely this weekend according to Vic Fangio I think it would I think it would bode well for the Broncos personnel and I think for their offensive scheme Drew Locke looks much more comfortable operating when the tempo is quick and he didn't have to break the huddle sit there and read the field before the snap which I mean obviously you still want your quarterback to go through pre-snap reads but you want to go quick you want to go up tempo and you don't give the defense as much time to sub so that's something that the Broncos could take a look at one of the issues too we want to take a look at is why are the Broncos consistently having some of these struggles where they are finding themselves in very inopportune situations getting off to a slow start on the offensive side of the ball here's Broncos head coach Vic Fangio's thoughts on that 
Yeah, I don't think it's mindset. I think our guys come out ready to play. I think it's a little bit of everything, you know. And as it relates to the offense, I, I think it's the third down stuff, too. You know, when you can't convert third down, even even when you're running the ball good, obviously we didn't run it good yesterday in the first half. But, you know, we ran it good last week. But eventually, even when you're running it good, you're going to have to convert some third downs. And I think that's been uh, a big problem for us. And we got that solved, you know, in the last quarter and a half yesterday. Don't know that it's solved permanently, but it's obviously, I think, a big part of what's been holding us back. The Broncos going to have to find a way to avoid some of those slow and sluggish starts on the offensive side of the ball. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our text message Tuesday with listeners of Broncos country. 303-529-6323. Add yourself to my contact list and I'll add you to mine. And we can exchange talk Broncos anytime you want, folks. But before we do that, i got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. Our good friends over there at BuiltGo and SportsBetting.com. We were talking about the Broncos sluggish starts on offense. Well, maybe they should take a BuiltGo before the game because Bilko makes you the best you at whatever you do and helps you break through your wall, whether it's a mental or a physical wall. Break through it with Go every single day in easy to take one and a half ounce packages that you could put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You could take in the locker room at halftime or before the game for your best game on the gridiron possible. Bilko is the best workout gel on the market, folks, and it's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine, but with better results, folks. And three delicious flavors, I tell you what, are to die for. You've got peanut butter, honey, chocolate mint, and chocolate coconut. You can spread it over your toast. You can put it inside your protein shake, whatever you want to do, however you do it, you do it there with Built Go. So how does Built Go work so well, though, folks? Well, it combines energy gel with collagen-based protein, and collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach, and Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work, like beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Collagen also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health and this stuff literally makes you look better so visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 20% off your next order use promo code locked for 20% off at builtgo.com let's go broncos country and our good friends over there sportsbetting.com they are now live and taking action in the box state of colorado folks and sportsbetting.com is passionate about sports and they're also the authority on sports betting they have their own in-house bookmakers and sportsbetting.com is known for their sharp odds and their low juice that means the best prices for you. And if you're a new player, sportsbetting.com, you can get a welcome bonus up to $1,000 and a risk-free week of sports betting, folks. And if you've already registered for sportsbetting.com, well, guess what? They have amazing promotions that you need to take advantage of today, like two for Tuesday, where you get a place to bet on any sport on Tuesday, which is today, and you can get equal value in free bets. Or if you like parlays, I did this weekend, uh, and I lost one of the legs there. You can bet a 14 parlay, and you can get your money back if one leg loses And then they also have overtime pay, so you can get your money back if your team loses in overtime. So if you're the Chicago Bears and you made a bet on there, you made a bet on them, you get your money back. Unfortunately, they don't get a win. They can't take that L back. But sportsbetting.com offers no hassle bonuses with just a one-time playthrough. So take advantage of their NFL touchdown promotions with can't-lose offers on first touchdown in NFL action. Get your action on the home of sports betting. That's sportsbetting.com backslash Lockdown Broncos. All right, Broncos country, here on Text Message Tuesday, we're interacting with the hundreds of Broncos fans that have added themselves to my contact list through community. You can text me, 303-529-6323. Love interacting with Broncos country. And just to show you how real it is, we're going to bring it Text Message Tuesday here on today's episode of the show. So we're going to start things off. And if you want to add yourself to my text message list, all you got to do is send me a text, 303-529-6323. Add me to your contacts, interact with me, and I look forward to hearing from you guys, Broncos country. But 
here's the deal, folks. CJ Morgan is going to kick things off here on Text Message Tuesday, and he says to me, the Broncos used a second-round pick on K.J. Hamler with the injuries of Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Do you think that Pat Shermer should get K.J. Hamler more involved with the game plan? I know he's been battling a hamstring, but when he is active, it seems like he's not featured on any play calls. I would say to an extent. Now, now look, I, I think in the Chargers game, when I went back and watched the All-22 film, I, I saw K.J. Hamler on the field a lot for this Broncos team, which is great. It's promising. He had a couple of catches as well in this game. And there were times where he was getting open. He's also used as a decoy guy because of his speed. And the Broncos tended to go with Jerry Judy and Deshaun Hamilton on Sunday. So that was a good thing to see. But I, I think for K.J. Hamler to be utilized and to catch that game winner, I think he's going to be involved in the Broncos offense a lot more CJ so be on the lookout for that especially against this Atlanta Falcons football team that's coming up my man Philip Nyan says hey Cody been a while since I stopped by with a question hope you've been well my man my question is has the narrative started to shift for Deshaun Hamilton how many solid performances in your opinion will it take from him to get the bad taste in previous games and drops out of Broncos fans mouths well here's the deal Philip and obviously great hope you're doing well my man great to hear from you I think the thing with Deshaun Hamilton we've seen a tendency from Broncos fans and, and look sometimes I think it's easy to get caught up in the drops and the struggles yeah he had that drop against the New England Patriots but outside of that I think that people give up on players way too early, right? Because this is Deshaun Hamilton's third year. A lot of Broncos fans are also giving up on Josie Jewell before year three. And Josie Jewell's gotten a lot of playing time. Deshaun Hamilton's starting to get a lot of playing time. And I think that he's made up for some of the mistakes that he made because he was monumental. Without his catch and run on that touchdown play, he ran a great route and over route against a cover three, got across the field and understood where the space was where he could find himself sitting on a crossing pattern. He was able to take it and he was able to run for a touchdown. Plus, he also had a very smart play where Drew Locke rolled out to his right on that final drive. Deshaun Hamilton broke off from the DB, stopped, and then Drew Locke threw it across his body to him there. Smart football play there. I think that Deshaun Hamilton is a consistent role player for this Broncos team. Look, they needed players to step up with the injuries to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. They are getting that, and Deshaun Hamilton was a big factor in Sunday's victory for the Denver Broncos, he and Jerry Judy. So hopefully Broncos fans give him some more love going forward. Our next one comes in from Jeff Gradle, my good friend. He says, who could be on the trade block? Anyway, Simmons, question mark. He is going to want a massive contract with Garrett Bulls, Noah Fan, Cortland Sutton about to cash in. We might want to get draft capital and go after a young guy for cheap while we still have Kareem Jackson back there to teach the young guy. What are your thoughts, Jeff? My man, I am not on board at all. And I never will be with the Broncos trading away Justin Simmons. In my opinion, he is the cornerstone piece of this defense on that back end. Both he and Kareem Jackson are very valuable. I don't see any reason why the Broncos should ruin what they've got right now just to try to get a young guy in there. The Broncos, Justin Simmons is a young guy. He wants to earn another contract. He wants to be a Bronco for life. And Kareem Jackson's been one of those guys that has transformed the mentality of this defense. I don't see any value in the Broncos trading any of those guys, nor do I think that the Broncos have any interest in trading those guys. And I don't think they're really invested right now in trying to get as much draft capital as possible. The Broncos are building the roster with all they have. And so far, they've done that in last year's draft class. And it's not always about getting as much draft capital as possible. It's about getting the right guys in your locker room. And so far, Denver is heading in the right direction there. E. Harry Leland is up next, and he says, How does the defensive line make up for the loss of Mike Purcell this season? Was that Draymond Jones with a huge fourth down stop in yesterday in Sunday's game? What's his role going forward? Uh, obviously, my man Harry, uh, yes, I think the defensive line, they really missed Mike Purcell sell on Sunday but one thing I noticed too they're just trying to work some personnel and Sylvester Williams was getting some run there Deshaun Williams had a really good game in my opinion the Broncos a couple of times in their scheme they made some fundamental errors as Broncos head coach Vic Fangio alluded to earlier here in this podcast when we heard from him yesterday but obviously there's no replacing Mike Purcell he really plugged the interior there but the Broncos switching off between Deshaun Williams Sylvester Williams Draymond Jones
Jones and Shelby Harris. Those guys are playing a variety between a three technique, a two eye, and even a one technique in certain times there. And those guys are all contributing, but Draymond Jones came up big with that fourth down stop. Uh, and I think that Draymond Jones, since coming back from an injury, has been one of the best players on the Broncos defensive line alongside Shelby Harris, which is saying a lot because Shelby Harris has been the Broncos best defensive player this season. I was very impressed with Draymond Jones, and he's going to have a big, big role for the Broncos defense, not only just the rest of the season, but I think going forward. Our next question comes in from Bridget Shoemaker. She says, I have not followed Pat Schirmer's career enough to know in light of what we do know about Drew Locke. There's a quote from Benjamin Albright that says, there's some internal sentiment about this as well. Locke is clearly better when the offense plays at tempo, shown that over several games, differences night and day. Is he a guy who can adapt to change or is he set in his ways and this info will provide little to no change to the offense? Well, here's the deal with Pat Schirmer's offense. I think when we reflect on Case Keenum in 2017, for the Minnesota Vikings, what was his biggest strength, right? Case Keenum's strength was play action, the bootleg. And I think that he's incorporated a little bit of that. But when I go and I watch the New York Giants offense when he had Daniel Jones, it wasn't too much of that. It was a lot of shotgun. It was a lot of uh, sometimes quick tempo offense, but it was more so methodical levels type passing, which means that you're going to have a deep route, you're going to have an intermediate route, you're going to have short routes, and you're going to have combination routes as well. The Broncos ran a lot of that on Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers, but I do think that they could go up-tempo. I've noticed that Drew Locke looks a lot more comfortable going up-tempo than he does breaking the huddle, uh, going in, reading the defense, trying to see what changes are going to be made, and then calling the play because defenses are sitting on some of the spots where he likes to go to. Now, Locke, I think, mechanically still needs to process where he looks left to right instead of staring down one side of the field. He did a lot of that adjustment in that fourth quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter is probably the best football he's played in his career, which is absolutely crazy to think about. So, obviously, some good things he could build on, but Pat Shermer, in my opinion, if he's going to be a great offensive coordinator, and if he's going to be a good offensive coordinator for the Broncos, he's got to adapt the offensive play calling. He's got to adapt the offense in general to the talent that they have in terms of personnel, but also the talent of what makes Drew Locke comfortable. I don't think that Drew Locke is comfortable rolling out to his right or even rolling out in general for that matter. I just don't think that's the case with Drew. But Broncos Country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to continue our text message Tuesday with listeners of Broncos Country at 303-529-6323. You want to talk with me one-on-one send me a text message, add yourself to my context. I'll add you to mine and we'll talk Broncos football. But before we do that, folks, I got to remind you guys to check out the Locked On NFL podcast here in the Locked On Podcast Network. You get a variety of different hosts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday featuring the biggest stories and the local experts around the National Football League covering their teams exclusively. The Locked On NFL podcast. You got to add it to your podcast rotation. Getting back into our conversation here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Spotify. Just want to let you know if you're a new listener here on the show, welcome into Lockdown Broncos. Get involved in the conversations. I love to interact with all Broncos fans to get them involved here on the show. And if you're still a listener of the show, subscribe every single day. I appreciate you guys for always tuning in and staying locked on to the Denver Broncos with objective news and coverage here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Continue our conversation. PJ The Burge is up next. Trade deadline week is always fun. Do we think that the Broncos should buy, sell, or stand pat? PJ, in my opinion, I think the Broncos, in this case, I think they stand pat. I don't see too much value right now in this team going out and trading away pieces. I don't know, maybe the Broncos, if there's any move that makes any type of sense for this Broncos football team, it's maybe making a trade to bring in a cornerback because of the fact that A.J. Boy has got a concussion. This is his second injury of the season. Not sure if he's going to miss any time. Not sure if he's going to be ready for Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons, but it just goes to show why I think the Broncos jumped the gun on really releasing Devontae Bosley 
Bosby because Bosby provides value, I think, as a cornerback, especially in a situation where he goes down, allows the Broncos to keep Bryce Callahan in the nickel where he's strong. Uh, but at this point in time, I mean, even Vic Fangio said that he hasn't heard anything from John Elway, and we've seen some trades happen around the NFL already. More than likely, I'd be very shocked if the Broncos moved anybody during this NFL trade deadline overall. Nick Maloney asked the question, do you expect any movement before the trade deadline? And I just answered that in the last question. Nick, nah, not necessarily. I don't think the Broncos are going to do much of anything at this point. We know that Benjamin Albright has reported that. Teams a couple weeks ago, like the Philadelphia Eagles, called in and inquired about Deshaun Hamilton, but those talks went nowhere for the Broncos. And obviously we saw the Broncos need as much wide receiver depth as they can right now, considering the injuries that they've had. I don't think they're going to trade any of those guys away. Jared Patesmeyer says, why do the game plan seem not to focus more on Philip Lindsay when his explosive playmaking ability and his yards per catch average clearly seem to give the offense the spark that he needs to fuel it and it requires it to move the chains? Well, here's the deal. The Broncos, I think, abandoned the run game way too early in Sunday's victory in that first half. I mean, late into that second quarter, the score was still 3-0. The Broncos had the lead, right? Offensively, they tried passing it. You know, they also had several times where they did run it and it didn't get anywhere. They ran plays to the outside. It didn't get anywhere. They ran plays on the inside. Didn't get anywhere. Uh, Philip Lindsay's still trying to get into a rhythm, and I think the Chargers did a pretty good job in the first half. They didn't get as many stops in the second half. The Broncos were able to really bang it open after Philip Lindsay's 55-yard touchdown run, but I do believe, Jared, that the Broncos have to find a way to get Lindsay more involved. I think it's evident, clear as day, that Philip Lindsay is running back one, Melvin Gordon is running back two, and Royce Freeman is running back three. I don't think you should go with this 1A, 1B approach unless you can really work them in together at the same exact time. I liked what I saw from Philip Lindsay, and I think Melvin Gordon is, is still trying to find his role in this Broncos offense, and he's got it. Obviously, that catch that he had, a one-handed catch to be able to stretch it out to convert to get the first down so it wasn't a fourth down situation. I think it was a smart football play by him. It was a great play that he had made. And I think the Broncos have confidence in his ability going forward. So yeah, they do still have to get, I think, Phil Lindsay involved a lot more in the game plan. Anthony Peters says, hey, Cody, yesterday's game reminds me a lot of Elway's 1983 comeback against the Indianapolis Colts. That game helped launch him to greatness. Could this comeback win spark Locke and help him moving forward? I think a lot of it, Anthony, really relates us to what Drew Locke decides to do against Atlanta, right? We, we talk about it. He's got to continue to progress. That fourth quarter he had was great. There were some mistakes he made in that first half, and even after going back and watching the All-22 film, a lot of it wasn't necessarily on Drew Locke. The Broncos faced a lot of third-down situations where the Chargers are playing that cover four. They're playing the sticks, and when you're facing a third and 12 consistently, a third and 15, even a third and 21, it's hard to be able to move the football. So, of course, you're going to take the short stuff downfield. You can't take those chances because you have guys in the back end that are covering it that are playing for those deep crossing patterns and also the vertical routes. And you're going to see that on the Denver Broncos film room with Drew Locke on the YouTube channel. Cody Work, go check it out after this episode of the show. But, yeah, this could be a comeback win, I think, does spark Drew Locke. It could help him going forward. But he's got to make better decisions. He's got to be quickly. And the offense has to do whatever they can, in my opinion, I think, to help support him because he's got the personnel around him. I think the offense, like I said yesterday's episode of the postgame report, they've got to be able to find this middle ground for all of them. Cheyenne Hill says, did Drew make his case in the second half that he's the guy going forward, young talent, and when they start clicking, it was exciting to watch? I, I think that that was the case, right? It was super exciting for Broncos fans to be able to see the quick rhythm passing, and the, the passes that he made to Jerry Judy and to Deshaun Hamilton, those were tight windows. The pass to Albert Oak Wabenum was the same one that they tried to make against the New England Patriots, and this time Albert Oak Wabenum got two cheeks in for the touchdown. So it was great to be able to see that. They have the talent to be able to do it. They just can't find themselves down early on in games, and they won't have to face some of those... Uh, 
adversity-like situations, but I think it could be good for them overall. I do think that, you know, it gives him momentum, but I think the verdict is still out on Drew Locke, and we're going to make that determination after his nine games remaining here in the 2020 NFL regular season. I think the Broncos will continue to roll with him. Eric Blackman says, do you think that Pat Shermer will change play calling after the putrid first half? More RPOs and bootlegs could help this offense. Uh, I think maybe more RPOs would be good, but for me, I think the Broncos offense really struggles on the play action bootlegs because what happens is teams know that Drew Locke loves to roll out to his right. He loves to play action to his right. So that wide outside linebacker, the defensive end, depending on what type of defensive scheme you're playing, they love putting that guy out wide and they like crashing him in because then Drew Locke's going to have a guy in his face from the onset. So the Broncos have to be creative in my opinion with the offense I don't think they should go any more bootlegs so I think that's one thing that they need to put kind of at the very bottom of their priority list but I think the short to intermediate passing game the crossing patterns the identifying if you're against man or zone how can you attack it the Broncos need to do more of that and the Broncos did run some RPOs and Drew Locke did find Jerry Judy on a couple of those plays Nick Thine says that game was insane happy you're back my dude hope you're doing well great to hear from you Nick and then John Mitchell says what a damn game Broncos country love interacting with you guys here on text message Tuesday Twitter Tuesday, don't matter what it is. I get more of your responses on text message at 303-529-6323. Sometimes I don't get to see every interaction on Twitter because I have a bunch of settings that kind of filter out different posts and different content that I see. So I don't always get to see every tweet, every reaction, every message, but I will get your message if you guys add me to your contact list, 303-529-6323. And we're going to do text message and Twitter Tuesday every week here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But with that said, Broncos country, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of show just a reminder if you're a new listener of the show make sure you hit that subscribe and follow button to receive daily exclusive Denver Broncos content and Broncos country if you're listening to the show only once per week you are missing out because we are here for you every single day with fresh up-to-date analysis news and coverage of the Denver Broncos every single day Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday there is a brand new episode of the show on your favorite podcast provider and if you are not locked into the lockdown Broncos podcast I promise you you are missing out and if you are an avid listener that listens five times per week mile high salute to you. We're going to do a contest here very, very soon. We're going to do a jersey giveaway. we got a Drew Locke Color Rush jersey giveaway. So stay tuned. And one of the ways that you can set yourselves up for that is if you're subscribed to Lockdown Broncos every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast. Now, with that said, Broncos Country, I'm Cody Work, your host as always. I will see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. The Broncos, they are getting back to the practice field. We're going to have a complete recap here on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos.